0: Hey everyone, before we get into this latest episode of the Generic Video Game Podcast, I just wanted to come on here real quick and let you know that um, in, in trying to put this show together, I realized that the audio quality for both Anthony and myself was not really good this time around. And I mean less good than the usual not good that we're already putting out there, every single time we release a podcast you know um well but they were already low standards if you will so you know in in looking at the episode it just seemed like that i could spend a lot of time doing editing on it and it wasn't really going to help all that much so what i decided was just to say screw it i threw the audio into this this uh this thing and i saved it out of this podcast And I'm giving it to you here right now. And if you listen to it and you decide it does sound bad and you don't want to keep listening to it, look, we understand. We're not going to be offended or anything. That's fine. Um, But on the other side of it, I think we did have some really fun conversations. And rather than just throwing the audio away and calling it a wash, I thought I'd just put it out here. And then that way, if you can suffer through it, then you've got the episode and you can listen to it when we talked about. So there you go. Sorry about that. We'll try to make sure things sound better next time around. Uh, But anyway, on to the show.
1: Morning Project Presents. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. GVGP Episode 52 is about to get underway, albeit a bit late, as we've been embroiled in a back-and-forth battle of negotiations between Embracer and Microsoft trying to acquire our show. Molly and I have had some time to take a break from all the craziness and would like to give our thoughts on the recent rumblings from the industry, including the Genesis Mini 2's full list of games, No Snatcher, More Space Harrier, the Fallout from EVO 2022, as well as Molly's Japan report, and much more. Turn up the volume, max out the AC, kick back, relax, and get ready for another episode of the Generic Video Game Podcast. How's your summer winding down, Molly?
0: I, I hate to ruin the illusion that Anthony creates on this show, um, but the reason we're late is because I've been painting a garage the past three weeks. So um, that's our, our real reason. And it's it's taken me so long just because of how freaking hot it has been outside. And so I can paint for like 30 minutes at nighttime, and that's the only amount of time I, I have that can actually stand to be outside doing that. So
1: I'm so glad, Molly. But, you know, we, we come in with a game plan and map things out. And last time we talked about Slim gyms and uh, uh, Road Snacks. And now we're talking about painting garages. But I have to thank Molly at the same time because it gives me an opportunity to complain about the summertime heat again. And I got to tell you, the heat has been brutal. And only God knows since when... How has Portland become one of the hottest spots in the nation? It's pure hell.
0: Well, I think they were just saying that like like, um, yeah, like China's having the worst heat wave on record. Like like half of China is under a heat wave or something like that. and um, yeah, it's it's pretty miserable and it, it makes you uh, wonder about all that climate stuff that we don't want to talk about.
1: Yeah, I'll yeah, say this—not to harp on this—and we'll get into the uh, the serious matters at hand. Um, ne- I have made a promise to myself for summer twenty twenty three. No joke, I am buying a full blown window air conditioning unit. I I cannot keep living my life. My sum- I would say last summer and this summer have been a complete waste and. I'm thankful for work in a sense at work. There are some units and it's cooler indoors for the bulk of the day, but that's no way to live literally working, coming home, getting cleaned up, doing it again and being miserable and sweating to death at night.
0: Yeah. And, um, I think Anthony made the mistake that I made in getting one of those like standing air conditioners. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, if if you don't know those those so okay so we were living in california and we ha- we were living in this like 120 year old apartment um that had no kind of air conditioning like it, it's it's funny because you would think with california being a hot place that there would be air conditioning right but there is tons and tons of places in california that don't have air conditioning at all um and of course this one didn't so we had got a little window air conditioner and it was one of those kind of things where it it took it from like being miserable to being less miserable Mm. so we're like okay we're gonna go out window air conditioners suck we're gonna go out and we're gonna get like one of those those cool like freestanding air conditioners Mm -hmm. and we we go to the fries and it's it's like oh yeah this this can handle like three a place three times bigger than 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 your place, right? Um, and we bought it and took it home, and it it was not great. Um, they're they're ugly, but window air conditioners do much better at cooling your home. And right. there's a great YouTube channel called Technology Connection. Is it Connections or Connections? It's connections. Um, and he actually does a, a video on those those standing air conditioners and why they suck. But if, if anybody out there is ever going to have to make that decision, like I said, I know they're not pretty, they're awkward, they're heavy, and, and sometimes windows just aren't set up properly to, to handle them. But if you can, get one of those window air conditioners because they just do a way better job.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 no fun. I mean, I'm, I have all these great games and anime to watch and at night I don't even have the motivation. I'm literally just sitting there sweating to death. Misery, you know, it's it's no way to enjoy anything.
0: The, I, I don't know how cool it gets there, but I, I will say that one thing that really, really helped is um for our bedroom in that apartment, we got one of those um those like fans you put in your window.
1: Yes, I have two of those.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: We, we, <laughs> yeah, so here it's it, it's. I don't have to explain it to you. Here's the catch: as long as the heat doesn't linger and it actually cools down at night. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, because because where because where we were at, it got cool enough at night that like an hour before we went to bed, right? If we did the the pull air in mode, right? It actually got the bedroom really nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, 100 percent agree we've been getting this weird lingering you know uh uh, you know spell so to speak and it's 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 just been it's been hell
0: yeah yeah I, i gotta say like this this year especially um especially coming back from japan which we'll talk about soon but um coming back to japan to our our central air house was like just the nicest thing and it 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 really, really spoils you because um, it'll be a situation where it's like, oh, this is a nice day. It's not too bad. And then you go outside, and you're like, oh my god, it's it's burning up outside, and you don't realize.
2: Because
0: mm. I think what they they usually say is, um, I think air con what air conditioners like take your inside temperature down by ten degrees is is what they try to do. I, I'm not sure, but I, I think it's like. There's a certain point where even the strongest air conditioner can only get your, I think, inside temperature down to like by 10 degrees cooler than the outside. Wow, that's temperature crazy! I if didn't know that. It's too hot outside. But we're we're those weirdos who have like I reckon you're set at like 76 during the day. Right. I know. Um, I know some people do like 69, 70, and that's 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 cold. But
1: yeah. right now I'm ready for 50.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think after this year, like. Coming off of last winter, I was like, you know, I'm kind of excited for summer to come back, but this summer has been a case I, where it's like, I am you, ready for winter.
1: <laughs> you and I are in the same boat, and I, I don't like the ice and snow. It's scary, but uh, I, I had a similar notion. I was actually kind of looking forward to this summer, and you know, I got faked out. Late June, we had a few hot days, but I'm like, wow, because last year we had that super record-breaking June where we were the fourth hottest spot on the planet one day, like behind the Sahara mm-hmm. Desert, and I'm not, right. I'm not exaggerating. So I'm like, you know what? It we might actually get a decent summer. Boy, uh, I put the <laughs> jinx on that because once the second week of July hit cuz I'm like, "Ooh, we're getting kind of late, right?" It's I would say since the second week of July, for 70 to 80% of the time, it's just been god awful miserable. And you know, almost like if this was a sports game, coming from behind. I think we did find a way to break some records this summer when it didn't seem like it was headed that way.
0: Yeah, like like go- leading up to going to Japan, like I don't remember it being that bad, and then right. I went to Japan. And I'm like, man, this is miserable. And got back here, and it's like, wow, it's it was like ninety five, a hundred, like just constantly here. Like so that was uh, late July or so, and hmm. the thing that surprised me that I got back and like almost all the lawns in in our neighborhood were like yellow
1: i was gonna say like browned out and dry yeah
0: and i was like wow and like even the people who like because we have a guy in the corner who he's one of those those guys who is meticulous about his lawn like -hmm. he puts a lot of work into it and even (laughs) his was like going brown i was like man if, if his lawn's bad like ours has no chance
1: well, you know, it's crazy. Before we transition off this topic, and while I'm not the most educated on it, uh, besides the U.S. And, and your trip to Japan, I'm sure you've been hearing on the news, as have I, about the crazy heat wave in Europe and, like, England and other countries over there. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. And they, cause, and what sparked my uh, memory on this is when you were talking about the lack of A.C. elsewhere. Right. Like, I, they've got, like, nothing.
0: Yeah. 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 They, they, and they were even saying, too, like, I saw somewhere – I don't know if it was Spain or where it was. They were like thinking they had to make a rule about how low you could set your air conditioning and stuff like that. Really? Um, Just because of how much power was being used? Because yeah, like that's the problem. Is is one of those all those countries? um, They usually don't get hot enough that you really need the air conditioning. Wow! And so they're just not set up to have it. Mm. I mean, Japan gets (laughs) Japan. They just suffer. They're like they're like. Yeah, we get it, but we're just going to suffer through it.
1: You, you might have – it was either you or someone else I know, and I've already forgotten because I guess I don't listen good enough. Why – what's the reason for there not being – oh, you know what? I'm mixing up stories. What's the deal with Japan and the lack of heat?
0: Well, so the thing, the thing is, you know – in America we have like central
1: stuff yeah. right central
0: yeah. air central heating yeah. even even if you're in uh, an apartment you you might not always have central air but you would usually have at least central heating but depends on where you're at you know um, I guess because in California we live, we live somewhere that had no central heating at all um, but in, in Japan they don't have that concept basically um i mean they have the concept for for things like like office buildings and 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 stuff like that but in terms of homes you don't have a central system for for heating or cooling your house and so what it is is they have those um those wall air conditioners that like the kind of like the rectangular ones you see like near the top of of a ceiling okay stuck in the wall and then what it is is it's connected to the outside of the house or the apartment or whatever, by, by a hose to a, a, a outside unit. And so what Japan does is they heat or cool per room, usually. Mm. Which sounds economical, you know. Uh, it, it sounds like it's it's conserving power and things like that. Um, the two problems, and the first one for me was the fact that, like, so I, uh, when I lived in Japan for, for going to school. I had a really small room in an apartment. Mm -hmm. It was like a two-bedroom apartment and my room was was pretty small. And this was my first winter in, in living there and I really didn't know about costs yet. And so I'm like, I'm gonna use the the heating kind of sparingly until I really know how it you know, the costs and stuff. And so I think I heated my room maybe maybe like six to seven hours a day
1: okay that
0: might be too much but like it, it, it was kind of like not heating it at all while i was there get home once it started getting kind of too too cold for me to stand i would turn the heat on let it heat the place up then turn it off and turn it back on and then that month i ended up for for again i'm heating one room not the entire apartment just my one <clears throat> room and the cost for the power for that month was like four hundred bucks.
1: Oh my god! In that little yeah. cheese box.
0: Yeah, and it was like, oh my lord! And so what? So the first was the was the cost of power.
2: What?
0: Um, and so what I ended up end up doing was for people who know what they are, I got a kotatsu, which is the table that has the heater underneath it. Okay. So it's like, basically it's a, it's like think of like a, like a coffee table, mm-hmm. and then you put a heater underneath it, and then you put a blanket on top of the table.
1: It sounds so dangerous,
0: and then it, it, it kind of is, but it's kind of awesome. And then you put a tabletop on top of the blanket, so that you have a table that then has a blanket kind of covering your legs when you're sitting at it. Mm-hmm. And then there's heat in the bottom to keep you warm. So I would spend a lot of time during the winter under the kota- sitting at the kotatsu, like watching TV or playing games. Or that's right. I, I had a like,
1: yeah. Like I can envision that. I figured yeah. you were going to say that, but yeah. yeah.
0: So, the other problem is, so, like, my wife and her in and, and, and her house, so, um, <laughs> okay, you want to talk about dangerous, all right. So, in her house, I'm trying to think, they had the heating cooling unit in the living room, it- and maybe her parents' bedroom had one. So this is a this is a four bedroom two story house. So there were I, there were probably at most two rooms in that entire house that could be heated or cooled. Um, so for my, my so the dangerous part is for my my wife's room, she literally had like an oil heater in her
1: room. Is that what's the one um, I remember when I was in? And this was in the late '80s, and this was very brief. Can't remember what happened. We were in an old house. It was in New York, and I don't know if the heat was out for a few days. But there's the ones that scare me. The uh, I don't know the proper term. It's like a I call it like a box. It's like a long rectangular box. You stand in the room, and it's got those bars inside that burn. Beet okay, red. it's not. It's
0: not. Okay, it's not. That, so I know what you're talking about, because we had, we, so, so it looks, what you think of, it looks like those like old timey heaters in, in houses and apartments, right?
1: Okay.
0: I mean, is, is that the kind of one you're thinking of? It's like, it's like, well, yeah, it, it, I mean, you stand like, there, you stand around. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, I remember it as a kid, I must have been like nine, eight or nine.
0: I, that might be,
1: it's and not it's the weird same, because, it's, if, yeah, I, I mean, I know as an adult, I, obviously that was over 30 years ago. I mean, I tell myself, and I'm not trying to be funny, if I had to deal with something like that, it either freeze to death, There's no way I would try. They, 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 like, frighten me.
0: Okay, so so basically that kind of mimics, like, the old style. Um, and I lived in an apartment once that had the old style, and what it was was um, I think what it did is, is – because if you see it, you know what it is for – unless you're, like, younger, I guess I would say, is uh-huh. if you see, like, those old houses or old apartments, they got, like, those weird, like, tall – coily things near the wall yeah um yeah and so it would it would send through hot water like really hot water that would heat that metal from what i understand of how it works but because it wasn't oil at that point it was sending it through like hot water and then the the you would get that metal thing so hot and it's it's heat would come off of it and into the room um I can remember because we had a cat who used to love to sleep next to it because it was, it was so warm. And so wow. the thing I think that you're talking about kind of mimics that.
1: Yeah, but a, the, yeah.
0: But the difference between that one and the one my wife had in her room back in Japan was I don't think the kind you're talking about emits any kind of uh, like, like carbon dioxide or
1: anything. No, like it, what I dioxide. remember is there's the bar of a grill in there.
0: Yeah, I had some kind of oil that heats up inside it. And but you I just don't... got
1: to pretty... Yeah, you just would never want to knock that thing over.
0: Yeah. But so I, with hers, and this is completely, to me, counterproductive, is she had to open her window because if she didn't, the 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 the, um, the oh, vapors uh, or whatever coming yeah. off of the heater would, yeah. would, would kill you.
1: Jesus.
0: Basically. So the and this is just one of the things I hate about Japanese houses um, and apartments is that so like if you're getting up in the middle of the night to like go to the bathroom or something like that the bathrooms have no heat or no air conditioning wow yeah hall- you know the hallways yeah. that's one thing but actually going to the bathroom it's like
1: it's like if what if sitting on a prison to there, toilet yeah
0: if you have to be in there for long it's it's freezing or, or on oh the my other God. side it's sweltering in that bathroom and so th- th- that's the problem I have with like Japanese homes so, that are designed this way is that it's it's like it's like if you go out for the, for a day, right? And like you're you're walking somewhere and you're like you're walking outside and it's really, really hot, and then you go into uh, a store and it's like super cool and there's air right. conditioning and everything, you can, you start to cool down, but you have to go back out of the store and you get hot again, then you go to another store, and you get cool again. Like you're doing that in your own home, basically. Like you're going right. from like a really cool living room. To a sweltering kitchen and like even in your own home like you're just never either cooling off or or or, or getting warm mm. and they do have more things like they do a lot of the um the in-floor heating for example so you can do like that and and but there's there's they don't have that kind of just heat or cool your own house which is said on one hand I understand it; it can be more economical. But the, the thing that people I think don't understand is that with central heating and central central cooling, since since the whole house, I don't
1: know what you're going to say
0: is getting to that temperature. Yeah, it then has to do less
1: work it, to keep yeah. it there. It, mentally, they're like, "Oh, this is costing way more. You're heating the whole place, and what it takes to get to that point." But then at the same time. You're not doing it in these short – like these bursts on and off continuously, which is call- – like in the end, it's either a wash or it's worse the other way. Yeah,
0: and, 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 like, and like if you're going from your living room to your kitchen and your kitchen right. has no, no no air conditioning and your living room does, the moment you open that door, right, like all that hot air from the kitchen is going to start coming in and, and heating up that living room <laughs> because, because, because you've got other rooms that have nothing – like those can counteract the work you're doing in the rooms that you're in, so it's crazy. Yeah, it's, so it's kind of the thing where, like, yeah, you you want initially want to say that oh, this is much more economical and and resource conser- conserving everything, but it, it's kind of not in a way.
1: So. Right. Well, that's well. How about this? Talking about Japan and their heating and cooling systems uh bringing this back on track how did your trip to japan go
0: yeah man on on that it was miserable because it was like 80 so american wise um 85 to 90 degrees like every day with 70 to 90 percent humidity it was just miserable in, in in that regard but it was, it was fun, but it was weird, kind of, because, um, you know, be, before we went, and this actually has just changed, but before we went, Japan was, was like, you've got to get a COVID test done within 72 hours of you getting on the plane that's going to take you to Japan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And because it's a... What is that noise?
1: Oh, I—I I was getting desperate here, speaking of the heat. Oh, I apologize. Okay. Don't whip me.
0: Oh, but there's a big roaring. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like you're in a snowstorm. Hey, that's good. You're going to cool down finally. Uh, is that a fan?
1: Yeah, I just—I've had it off the last forty-five minutes so I could get a clean intro and stuff. But I, I got a—I had a. I'm sorry. I had a. I'm—I'm I'm melting now.
0: I'm trying to think. Is is it pointing towards the microphone?
1: No. Uh, well, actually, that's a lie. Okay. It's a window fan, but I'll. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, don't
0: don't don't kill it because I don't want to kill you. But
1: yeah. Um, Once I start talking a bit more, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll fool with the setting. But that's yeah. Fine. Huh?
0: Okay. Uh, it's and it's ironic because this is the first week where my stupid fan noise from my from my cable modem is gone. <laughs> and now you're introducing new fan noise. We can't get rid of the fan. Okay. Oh. So um, so Japan was like, 72 hours before you go to, you go to our country, right. you have to get a COVID test. And because it's a travel COVID test and not a we-might-be-sick COVID test, then you run the risk of having to pay like $140 per test or something like that. Mm. And so we're scrambling at the test and scrambling to figure out a way to not have to pay for it and everything. And Japan... Has this this app that you have to use to uh, basically get in the country? So, like, you up upload your proof of COVID vaccination. You upload your your test and everything like that, um, the test results and things like that. And you you put in some information and. Did, did, did we upload the test? Re- no, no. Okay. That's the catch is we didn't upload the test results. We uploaded uh, other things, but this app is just like some app that existed prior mm-hmm. to to help you understand what to do if you get sick, but it was a pre-COVID thing and it was like not an app that the government made or anything. It was just some so it's like app, an
1: independent app, yes, which in time has already become outdated by the nature of how that things have progressed.
0: Japan decided was going to be the key to your getting in the country. Oh my god! So we're 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 doing this app, and it's like you have to do everything within like twenty four hours before you get on the plane, and it has to turn green, and then it has to turn blue, or something like that, and then everything. Mm-hmm. And so we get it, we get it all done, and we get to Japan, and. They have this big whole process for, like, getting off the plane now, and and there's, like, hundreds of people just, like, hanging around telling us where to go and what to do. And you get to this place where you have to show them on the app that it says that you're all clear to get in the country, right? Here's the problem. Because the app was not meant to do that originally, it also has to work, and because it's not a government app, it has to connect to a Japanese government website that then gives you the final results. But <clears throat> you've, you've got people getting off a plane who might not have internet connections at that point. And they have only like a couple of wireless routers, and you have all these people getting off a plane that need to connect to it. Yeah, no way. So there's this big line of people trying to desperately... Get this app to load the website to show them that you're clear.
1: Right.
0: But so when I said that we had to show them the test results, that was not correct. What we had to do was the Japanese government has a form, right, where where it says what was what were your test results positive <laughs> or negative?
1: It's what like an of, honor system. What
0: kind of test did you take? Right. Right? So we're thinking, okay, we've, this is the main form. We fill it out, we upload it to the app, and then when we get there, we show them the actual test results, and we show them this form. But they never asked us for the actual test results. Man. So like you're saying, this entire process, this, all these complications and everything was based on the honor system of you <laughs> filling out that form that, like and, and being honest when doing so.
1: But, th- but this kind of goes back to the whole stereotypical Japanese process you know the, you know as a whole and we're generalizing the Japanese are known for
2: yeah.
1: organization efficiency uh, you know doing things in a timely and proper manner yet simultaneously there's a couple weird loopholes to their um, train of th- or thought process or how they execute game plans it's it's like the whole thing I've read in uh it's not the same, but I read it in a book years ago, like about Japanese culture and whatnot. It's like the example I always remember they use is like, let's say you're using a computer and the CD drive b- uh, breaks. Mm-hmm. So, like we're stereotyping, but like in the United States, if up oh, you know you come over to me, you're like, hey, my my CD drive's out. I I need it replaced, so you know I can do my work. Right. So obviously, we're going to take the drive out, get a new drive, put it in, and we're done. In Japan. It's a matter of there's a discussion. It has to be looked at. Right. Then an order has to be played, or it has to get approved. Then ordered. So it's kind of that whole like, I guess at times a lack of judgment or common sense. Uh, as crazy as that sounds.
0: Well, it's it's yeah, it's it's rules and it's processes and they're right. They're, and like I, I might have told this before on the on the on the podcast, or I've talked about it. But you know, when I was going to school there, um, I quickly find out I had to get a honko, and a honko is a Japanese name stamp. Basically, in 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 the West, at least in America, you need a form, you sign your name on it, right? You just you take a pen, and you, you
1: do your. signature. Oh, okay, yeah, like a literal um, to your signature.
0: Yeah, it's like a literal signature. Uh, in in Japan, they have a, a name stamp, which is always whatever your last name is. You go to the store. It's mean it, they're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. You buy the the, the name stamp that has happens to have your correct combination of kanji for your last name. Uh-huh. You buy it whenever you get a form. You, there's a little ink pad. You dip it in the ink pad. You stamp it, and that's that's your signature in Japan, right? Um. So
1: <laughs> first of all, first of <laughs> I all, I have to admit I do like the opening concept of this, but I know it's going it, to go yeah, down but
0: but for, for first of all, not not. Think about the fact that like if you want to fake someone's signature all you have to do is go to a store and buy a name stamp like you're not, you're not even like having to like trace their signature or anything Wow! Um, but so <laughs> when I get over there they're like you need a name stamp alright and so I'm wondering what a, what a, what a hunko is and it's like I, I hate to tell you this but <laughs> they're not going to have a name stamp with my <laughs> western ass name on it right yeah, that's
1: a good point right
0: so they're like, just buy any stamp. So, it's what? like, okay, but if 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 this if this <laughs> is supposed to be my signature, right? If I'm just using somebody
1: else's last yeah, what name, yeah. What if it's Jane Doe?
0: It, isn't that like like do you, I'm like, are you not seeing the the issue here? And they're right. like. That part doesn't matter. The part that matters is that you've stamped that sh- that paper.
1: Yeah, their logic is that's you in that moment and you stamped it meeting the protocol. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. But the obvious thing is that that name isn't you. So it's not right. accurate. It's a lie.
0: So what I did was at the time... I was a really big fan of the singer Ayumi Hamasaki, so I literally (laughs) went out, got a name stamp that had Hamasaki on it. Wow! And that was my signature for the entire time I lived in Japan. Wow! Even though that had nothing to do with me. Wow! Um, So, so we get in, and, and you know, finally we're in Japan, and it was it was great. The problem for me, you know, was like the rest of my family got to there for a month, and so that was really good for them, but. For me, it was like one week, and I was literally in Tokyo for like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So I did get to go to Akihabara just real quick.
1: How, how was that in terms of oh, – I'll have you hit pause there. How's, how was Akihabara in terms of – and I think I joked or said this last time, but is it still ridden with made cafes or are there less electronic uh, Well, let, let,
0: let me get to that one like in Japan because that's where I really saw I – mean, to Osaka. That's where I really had a chance to see the, the change because I was, I was literally in – Akihabara for like one hour. Okay. Um, but for example, if you know the company Beep, they've been doing like the re-releases and stuff, and like the the it used to be a hobby group that now, what? Uh, God, what have they done?
1: Um, Wasn't there Beep magazine?
0: They yes, and they were also they were the ones who did uh they they did the the Glaylancer re-release.
1: Oh yeah, for Mega yes. Drive. Yeah,
0: yeah I, yeah. I think do they have something to do with the Cotton re-releases? Um, but anyway, so they have a store, and I got to go to that store, and that was that was kind of neat. And the funny part was the most interesting thing for me there was they had a bunch of of Western Master System games just randomly. Grid. That I was yeah, with the through.
1: the white boxes in the grid.
0: Yeah, it's so like I got to, go, got to go to a few stores, I didn't get much of a chance, and then we went, we took the. Um, a bullet train down to osaka and you know i i went to japan really excited to go to go game shopping because i haven't been there for like hadn't been like three years since i last went Mm
2: -hmm.
0: everything has gone through with you know covid and and game prices i was like i'm gonna go back to japan i'm gonna get a chance to get some cheap games some cheap mega drive games it's gonna be awesome and i found that that like game shopping has really changed over there and i am still planning to do like a a bigger write up about this but kind of a, a quicker compacted uh explanation of what's happened is stock has vanished for a lot of things that aren't nintendo like if you go looking for in terms of like older stuff but also at times newer stuff um right the like PC Engine is nothing stock-wise compared to what it used to be. Uh, Mega Drive is nothing compared to what it used to be stock-wise. Um, older systems too. You know, uh, Saturn is is still around, kind of. Dreamcast is around better, but it. You know, there's always been kind of the argument that like Japan doesn't care about retro gaming. Which isn't true. But it's, yeah, I don't it's know how a, they could
1: say that, yeah.
0: But it's also kind of been the thing where like they don't care as much about collecting older games as kind of like Westerners do at times. Hmm. And I kind of really felt that this time in terms of like, wow, a lot of these older console stocks well, where I used to go into a store and there'd be like, let's say, four or five Mega Drive shelves. Maybe there's like one or two now. And where there would be a whole... Wall full of like PC Engine games. Now there's like a small section.
2: Well,
1: I have a couple things to say about this, and I'll let you continue. One, I'm going to do a quick shout out, uh, not planned. So while I've never been step foot in Japan, I'm familiar with a lot of shops in uh, the Tokyo area in Akihabara. Someone who does a lot of current videos, almost on a weekly basis, Kid Shoryuken. Uh, Gaijin living in Japan the last yeah. several years. Um, he just did a, another multi shop tour last week. I watched, and of course, I can't remember the name of where he went, but the pickings were pretty good. So, anyway, quick shout out, Kid sure you can And then, secondly, what you're discussing obviously, your reasoning behind it makes sense. Yet, simultaneously, and I've thought of this, I don't know if I've ever said it out loud. And I'm sure you've thought this too. You know, here's the thing. Obviously, all of this retro stuff, to an extent, does get recycled and gets passed around because it's used, right? Mm-hmm. So, it one person has it, maybe sells it off. It, it, it makes its way back around. That said, you have to you have to figure with the heightened sense of just because of what I do, looking on YouTube, all the travelers' access of the internet or people purchasing stuff there and sending it to others or selling to others they know out of the country yeah. coinciding with this old product, all the Saturn stuff, all the Dreamcast stuff, that's not manufactured or printed anymore. So yeah. whatever is in the wild, those quantities, that's it. And you gotta figure at some point it's it's gonna dry up, right?
0: Well there you know, there've been for a while this kinda of argument that like the Gaijin were taking the games from Japan, you know. I think some of that was overblown. some of it was true. Um, but it's it's like so I want to be clear that you're still gonna find at certain stores great stocks. like if you go to like a super potato, for example, um, they still have a bunch of retro games for all platforms, right? <clears throat> but I, I think what it was was more other kind of stores where previously I could trust them to have a balance of everything. I was seeing a lot more of, like, they were letting those certain platforms, stock for those certain platforms, dwindle, while keeping up, for example, Famicom and Super Famicom. And that's another thing I would noticed on this trip, was the domination of Nintendo. Not just in new stuff, but retro stuff. Like, I would see... Much bigger sections for Famicom, much bigger sections for Super Famicom, you know, uh, versus a, a PC engine versus a Mega Drive. Whereas before, there'd be much more balance between those three, and and much more stock on all three sides. Um, the the problem with that though was, I quickly learned, is that going to a lot of different shops, I was starting to see the exact same Famicom games the exact okay. same through Famicom games, the exact same Game Boy games, for example. Um, and and in that, also, on the newer side, we went to Toys R Us, which which does still exist in Japan. And previously, Toys R Us had a fully stocked video game section. And going back this time... To the Toys R Us that that I always went to before, I was shocked in that the only games they had were Switch.
1: And this was in uh, now is this in Osaka?
0: Yeah. Um, okay. That, well, down it's down uh, for anybody who knows Osaka. It's the uh, oh god, what was it? It's it's the Goka Station down down south. Um, I think it's Izumigoka, uh, but but like no. Not even PlayStation Four, like like forget PS Five and definitely forget Xbox here. Like <laughs> they didn't have PS Four games. The only games they had were Switch. Um, on on another example of kind of the changing market, there there was there's a soft map in so so Denden Den Town in Osaka is basically their version of Akihabara. Okay. So whereas, oh God is is Akihabara. N- Nihonbashi because one's Nipponbashi and one's Nihonbashi and I was getting confused but basically Akihabara Denden Town so Denden Town I had a route that I would always travel and one of the first stores I would go to uh, was a, a, a store called Softmap and the first floor was always video games the entire first floor was video games and then the fourth floor was like half video games um, that's just the way it always worked. And so, I go in this time and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go up because to explain, as as you're walking into the store, right to the right side of the entrance is an escalator to go up. Mm-hmm. So basically this time, I didn't hit it first because I came I did came from a different way. So, the closest thing to me was that escalator, so I took the escalator up, went to the fourth floor. I'm looking at the uh, games up there. I'm like, ah, oh, there's not like a lot here. I'll go downstairs and see if they are downstairs. I went downstairs, and now the entire first floor was esports and streaming setups.
1: Well, that and, you know, and,
0: and, and PC gaming.
1: Hmm, that's interesting because uh, this God, it was maybe a year or two ago, and I watched uh, some special on NHK. And uh, it it just jogged my memory, and, and there was something on the expansion of like esports products, or I can't remember if it was a big business or sponsorship, but something in correlation to Japan and the expansion of esports, and I think like trying to popularize it or sell product. <laughs> anyway, what you just said there triggered my memory; I completely for- forgot about that.
0: Yeah. So, so it was like so one of my one of my more favorite. Um, Retro game stores had closed. Uh, this this soft map, they they basically went from like one and a half floors of Gibby video games to half a floor. Mm. Toys R Us went from having a full video game section to having a small switch only section. Like that's what I started to see going around to places. Is, is like it just it just it just felt like it felt like a, a lot of the air in that market was starting to be pulled out. Um, and there were there were still video games, there were still places, you know, I would go to that had great stocks. But again, the the thing I was seeing was that it wasn't that they didn't have games to sell. It was just that whereas previously I could count on having wider selections of stuff available, mm-hmm. I was starting to see the same games over and over. So it was kinda of like these these certain like um, you know, on this trip looking for Mega Drive, um, like everywhere I went, there was like a, like a Golden Axe. There was a Strider. Like those are two of the games that I purchased. There was, you know, these certain games. Um, there, there were a lot, also a lot more of the games that you just wouldn't buy, like the 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 Mahjong games and the historical simulator kind of games and things like that. But it was it was. Okay, I've have seen now Bare Knuckle Two at like three stores, right? You know, I, I I've I've seen <laughs> right. uh, you know Castle of Illusion at, at this many stores. I've seen like uh. Echo Echo One at this many stores. So it was mm-hmm. it was kind of Whereas before I I felt like going to each store, I would never know what to expect. I was just starting to see the same games again and again, which was helpful because then for the games I did want, I could know. Okay, where should I get each one to get the best price? But it it just it just felt like I said I was really shocked at PC Engine, just like like how small these these stocks were starting to feel like, and well, it's look, it's just like the game was just gone.
1: Well, look at it this way, and look, obviously I know it had a lifespan of like eighty-seven to like ninety-five-ish, right? But just for the sake of what I'm going to say, we'll we'll pinpoint it at nineteen eighty-seven. That's approximately thirty-five years ago, right? Right. That's that's. You ready for this? You want to feel old? <laughs> that's like in nineteen eighty-seven. Sh- you know what I'm going to say. I know. That's like shopping for products from the early nineteen fifties. Sure, that that's fair. Oh, I mean, it's it's it's.
0: But but I think I think what gets us. I think what gets me at least kind of my mindset changed is the fact that like here in the West, and I'm not I'm not saying if you go to your local game store, they're gonna have a great selection, right? But I feel like Western stores, gaming stores, they they still consider almost every platform relevant. Yeah. But yep. that did change, you know, I mean, because we went through plenty of years where Game stores were like, we're going to get rid of everything 2600 because nobody cares anymore. Correct. You know, I, I was there. I read the benefits of my local game store just getting rid of their entire Turbo collection. You know, they were just like, <laughs> nobody cares about Turbo anymore. Get rid of all of it, right? So so I'm not saying that Western stores didn't do the same thing in the past. But I think at this point, we, we, we've reached an, a, a t- time when these kind of game stores... Have gone back to caring about everything. And okay, maybe they're not gonna have a huge 2600 selection, right? right? But they they're probably gonna have something. And they are gonna have those there available. Um, but you know, I mean, especially Genesis, right? Especially Turbo. Especially stuff like that. Like, like so I think that's part of what threw me off was that yeah, I I, I did know that Japanese game stores tend to care less as things get older outside of like the, the, the standbys that you need to have, but having gone, gone to Japan in 2019, like, the difference between then and now is was startling to me.
1: Well, it's crazy, and not to keep bringing this up, do you think it's also... well, two things. One, and I can't remember where I saw the statistic. You told me a crazy st- statistic in correlation to the United States, which we'll get to here shortly, but... As crazy as it is to say now, because for so many years, Japan was slow to take to this, whether it be from a perspective of not wanting to put their account information or credit card on file or what have you. But digital is now comprising, and I think mobile, the bulk of sales even there too, correct?
0: Yeah, and and that's kind of one of the sad parts to me is, is I think – for a long time, Japan was still the country where, um, like, retail was still thriving. Right. So, if you did want to go to stores, like, there Correct. was still a lot of options. And I do think that that's now getting hit. That's kind of like why SoftMap, instead of selling games on first floor was selling expensive rigs and chairs and monitors, I'm and things going
1: things to like blame that, right? that on, um, and, and just because of, you know it's just the way it is. I feel it's because in the time of the last 10 to 15 18 years it's yet another new young generation that is completely that has grown up with it and don't have that hesitation so yeah. I kind of blame it on age time passing by now.
0: Yeah, that and and also I mean and and look this is just reality I understand why but like for example just today my wife Is wanting to order something from Japan, um, and she's she's looking at stuff on this on this online store from Japan, and she's like, "Hey, you should check it out too because they got games." Mm -hmm. And so I go on and look, and like I'm seeing just on this on this one site like way better Mega Drive selections than I saw in any store while I was there, you know. And and again, as as an American, that makes sense, right? Because we're so used to online shopping and having Amazon with, like, trillions of products. Right. But I, I am kind of sitting here like, you know what? I could have maybe just sat here in America and ordered from the site and gotten a great selection of games versus the, you know, the multiple days I went trudging around hot sweaty Japan going to stores to look for this kind of stuff. So that attitude might be changing too, and and I think it's it's you know um i mean we're we're in a time when the digital only xbox series s is is selling decently in japan mm. you know and like that's a that's a time i never could have considered before no. but said so it, it it was just but it was sad to me you know? it was sad to see like for so long japan was st- sticking in there and and still having a, such a great and rich and expansive kind of <coughs> like a local retail uh, um, market for, for gaming. And, and now that, like, next time I go over there, I have no idea what I'll find. And then prices, too. Prices, too, um, just as a great example, when I was there in 2019, I got a copy of uh, the original Puyo Puyo from Mega Drive for, like, two bucks. And now everywhere I went, that game was, like, seven to eight dollars mm. so that that's a small jump right right but, that's but it's still example. four times the price yeah that's a kind of example of the the kinds of price jumps i was seeing for some of this stuff
1: now i'll say two things here before i forget uh on this uh one is um oh, sh- oh okay yeah uh something pandemic related in that magazine so in regards to this scenario Okay, Nintendo. That's what I wanted to say. I learned this in recent years, and I said it on the podcast, so this is kind of going to be um, two-pronged to this. One, once again, Nintendo is like a cult. So No, no. but very yeah. seriously, Nintendo I've learned... Like, uh, you and I would probably be more in the Sega cult, okay? But we also do respect and like a lot of Nintendo titles. Like, we would never... If there's a phenomenal Nintendo title, we're not going to tell someone not to buy it or just for being a a fanboy or fangirl. But Nintendo enthusiasts are truly like cult followers. And so that's one of the things I've learned for the most part. Nintendo itself and their product are essentially always in demand and evergreen in that respect. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So that's part one. Part two could they be doing and you know it's business right much like the united states is this another example of only wanting to carry what they know will sell and not carry in excess with stuff sitting on shelves that yeah. won't sell
0: yeah i mean like it's it's like anything right like right like i mean i, I know you remember this remember when you could go into a best buy and they had rows and rows of DVDs and rows Absolutely.
1: and rows of CDs. Absolutely. Uh, same thing with Fry's, which is now the defu- Fry's yeah. at one time, even oh, as oh, little yeah. as 10 years ago, Fry's had an amazing selection yeah. as well as yeah. obscure stuff.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of like that. It's it's like Toys R Us knows Switch is going to sell. Toys R Us doesn't necessarily know, and this sounds weird to say, that PS4 is going to sell. You know, I mean, I, I think, man, if, if Nintendo didn't exist, like Japan's entire console market might be decimated at this point but you know so good on them for keeping that alive but it it is like it it really feels it feels like America felt during the NES right like if you play games on your television you're playing Nintendo right and that's all there is like yeah there's other things but is there really other things
1: it's crazy so Now, that said, I can segue. There was something you said earlier. You said the prominence of Amazon, online shopping. You may have been better going that route than sweating it out firsthand 5,000 miles away. Well, you may have gotten your wish because there's a product that's coming out in about six weeks or so, which will be online only an exclusive to Amazon. Mm. That being the Genesis Mini 2. Oh. The Genesis Mini 2.
0: This this is this is like okay, yeah. Before we get to what it actually has on it. Like it it's a complicated situation. It is. For anybody who doesn't know, Basically, the Genesis Mini Two—the only way you can buy it through is through not only Amazon but only Amazon Japan. Now you can go to regular Amazon and order it from there, but you're getting it from Amazon Japan, so you're paying the twenty dollars in shipping, and you're paying like a really weird price for the system for some reason. What was it like? It was like
1: well, base price. So I have like it on 109? my hundred w- nine. Okay, I saw ninety nine ninety nine. Let
0: me see. If I look right, okay, okay, I guess now it's fixed. Because previously it was like hundred and nine dollars plus twenty dollars shipping. Mm. So right now it's yeah. Well, okay. Here's 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 the catch. Here's the catch, Anthony. <laughs> I guess okay. not not quite. I'm sorry. Not, no, I'm sorry. Not quite a catch. But it's it's ninety nine ninety nine with tw- now now twenty one ninety nine shipping. Wow. So it actually is. Um, I think it was i I'm sorry. I think it was 102 before. And so what they did was they took that. They that, they evened that, out
1: the price, the but snuck it in the shipping. two extra off
0: the console and put it on the
2: shipping.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess by just playing a numbers game on a positive note, and for and for those that want to read this in depth, Molly did a wonderful uh, preview of this and detailing of it. But
0: I'm sorry. By by the way, by the way, if you do want one, um. Sega has said they're making, like, a tent. Right. As many as they made the original Genesis Mini. Uh, so, as much as the shipping sucks, if you want one of these, I would pre-order it. Because right. we, we saw what happened with the Turbo Mini.
1: Yeah, and actually, as of this recording, it's almost two months out from the day. You can read all of this in depth. We're going to talk about it now, but you can go to egmnow.com for the article that was put up... Uh, about a week ago. Now, good news. First, uh, Genesis Mini, which came out three years ago. We just were about to hit the three-year anniversary, which I can't believe that. Yeah. And that had approximately 42 titles. This will boast around 60. Yeah. So, that's great. It will include Sega CD games. Uh, That's another positive element. There's going to be a couple nice bonus titles on this. Uh I'm starting off with the, the strong here. The controller will not be the junky three-button ABC okay. pad. This will be the six-button pad. Yes. And in short, before we start picking some things apart, I, I will say this up front. For 120 bucks, including shipping, <clears throat> do I think there's $120 worth of value for a Sega fan out there on this? Yes. But the issue here is is I feel like I never uh, so seriously I never I never even put thought to a Genesis Mini 2 I I thought what we got was pretty much it yeah and you know there's been a lot of other mini cabinets and the arcade route we've seen a ton ton of other mini consoles from the PC Engine and all that stuff Amiga but this weird opportunity this weird thing is happening so I'm like okay we got Sega CD. This, to me, is not for the masses. So there's only going to be 10% of production of the first, whatever that was. So I'm going to guess. I'm going to go low to high. And I, my high, I think, is wrong. It's probably between five to 10,000 of these constructed is my personal guess. <sighs>
0: That's a good question. I don't, I don't know how many
1: of them are. I, I I'm going to say this. I'm highly confident, and I don't have anything to base this off of. I'm highly confident I'm going to say under 10,000. So, the weird thing here is when you do the first one, it's like you got to have your Sonics, you got to have some sort of Street of Rage two, you got to have these heavy hitters that everybody knows. For people who are walking into the store or looking online, it's like, oh my God, for the nostalgia factor, they know these games, they're gonna buy it. At this point, with something that's so niche and laser-sided for the collector, already we're cutting out a chunk of the audience, online only, Amazon only, from Japan. Okay. Yeah. I dare say for the the true enthusiast this thing of those 60 games only had to have one or two Sega CD titles to make this it didn't even matter what the other 58 titles were and I'm not kidding if there were these one or two titles of which I'll say on here it's a no-brainer
0: I mean there there's I there, there there's two games there's there's two there's two games that are very very to me obviously missing i i think we're thinking of the same ones well i'm gonna VR. say
1: may, i'm gonna say maybe three i know what one of yours is uh i'm because, gonna
0: because, say- because <clears throat> wait wait well, let me say because like what you're saying i i think i think the problem with the mini two
2: mm-hmm.
0: um is that the more because I, I think it is a more i don't know if focused is the right word I think, like you're saying, I think it's a more hardcore right. mini versus the first. Right. And the problem is, the more hardcore you make it, the more the things that are missing stand out.
1: I agree. I agree right. with that. And this, yes, I agree. Because, like, but- like
0: if if you look at like the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic, right? hmm it, it, It's like it's like you know, Nintendo is just going to be Nintendo. They're going to just do whatever they want. And you're going to have no say in that matter, right? <laughs> the, the The first Genesis Mini, it felt like, okay, you know what? This feels like Sega trying to give a good representation of what the Genesis was. Correct. That made sense, right? But then you had, like, the Turbo 16 Mini. And that was starting to lean to the hardcore. And because of that, you're like, wait, why did we get China Warrior instead of, of I mean, I would say... um
2: Oh, well, uh, I don't like even sounding to, yeah, to
0: buggers, right? Or right. why do we get Chu Man Fu instead of this other game? You know, and so I think that's a problem the mini two has is that because like eighty percent of this list is really good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep,
0: and and more targeted towards those people who kind of wanted the more niche stuff that the other 20% stands out way more than it would have if this was a console where you knew Sega was just trying to go across the board and appeal to as many people as possible.
1: Uh, Agreed, and I'm going to say some weird stuff here. I went through all 60 games earlier and put little notes by them. Now here's the weird thing. Of all these mini consoles that have come out, I can make an argument of games that have some level of interest to me, I'm not saying they're all bangers and home runs, but of ones that I box that I'm like, I would hit the start button on this, and I would mess around with it. I came up with about a third. That is a lot for, you know, for these mini consoles, because kind of my rule is like, if you get like a good half dozen in there, Mm -hmm. this could be worth it. And I squared out around 20,
0: I mean, but, I, think, I think on the cartridge list, I think outside of a, a handful of games where I'm like, yeah, I would have picked something else. Like, I think it's a damn fine cartridge list.
1: Agreed. Now, there's still some problems for me personally on this, which are not um, – yeah. So uh, you're, you're correct. But getting back to the – it's that, that – tw- there's only one game, and I know you're sick of hearing me say it privately. I'll say it right up front. This thing only had to have one title due to its rarity, there is an English translation, and the current cost on the market, Snatcher.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes.
1: If this had yeah. Snatcher on there, <laughs> I, I, I would have pre-ordered, done. Now, I feel like there's, th- aside from my Snatcher complaint, and that would have literally got me to buy it right off the bat, that's it. I feel there's like three primary Sega CD titles at this point that this needed to have, aside from Forgetting Snatcher Lunar, uh, KO Flying Squadron, and now I'm forgetting the one. Um, This is embarrassing. But yeah, Ko Flying Squadron, the two <laughs> Lunar Games. And maybe I was thinking Snatcher is the other, but
0: okay. So I mean, so so K- Ko was my other, was my other pick. I right. Mean, I, I think. Look, obviously, that could be a game where just the the rights might be complete chaos or a complex. You know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think. I think if there's any Sega CD game you put on here, you put that. Mm-hmm. Just just because, mm-hmm. you know, for people who don't know, I mean. That that, and to, to my, to my um utter dismay, having sold it for way too cheap, um, that that game goes for like thousands of dollars now. Right. So so having KO on here, having a legitimate, legal way to get that game, like that game alone. I mean, even beyond Snatcher. None of them. Snatcher a a a more appealing game to a larger group. But if you want to talk about just. Dollar value for this system. Right. <clears throat> if this had Coyotes Flying Kios Flying Squadron on it, that game alone would have justified well, the entire purchase. Of I this
1: said system. it on the show and it was within the last year. It wasn't even that long ago. In town, the Retro Game Trader at the time had a Facebook post. It, it essentially said no questions asked. Obviously, they'd have to test it, but it said... Right. Uh, first person to come into our store right now with a copy on Sega CD, K.O. Flying Trudron, uh twenty five hundred bucks cash.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I never seen anything like that. Yeah. For, uh...
0: So, um, so to to be <coughs> to be clear, to people, uh, you know, who, who might have seen news and be one what we're talking about, uh, Lunar Silver Star, Lunar Turn of Blue, and another of Game Arts's games, uh, Potful Mail. um... Which remember back when Game fans said that it was going to be Sister Sonic. By the way, that was that was weird. Um, those three games are on the Japanese version, right? Right. Why do we not have them now? The this is not completely confirmed, but from people that that have said this, people who I I trust to be saying this have said that basically, good old Victor Ireland uh, of Working Designs fame. You know, he, he was the one who who got those games translated for the Western market. Right. He supposedly still has legal rights over those translations. And Sega offered him money, and he said, no, give me more.
1: I wonder what that number was.
0: Um, so.
1: I mean, you got to look at it this way, too. And I don't look if it was. I mean, I don't even know what I'm trying to think of what a realistic. Anyway, before I do the math, I mean, I look at it this way. Now I'm not saying a twenty dollar bill or a hundred bucks. You know, obviously we're talking a contract. You know, in the thousands, we'll say realistically. I don't. How many in the thousands? That I don't know. But I'm going to make a fake number. Let's say I came to you and you had the, you know, the whatever it is, the rights to that, and I offered you. I'm, for those three, $15,000 a piece. So, let's say for all three to get it on the mini, I'll give you a payout, work it out after taxes, fifty grand. Okay, and I'm probably, all right. Now here's the thing, you might be like, hey, well, wait a minute, you get the calculator out and you start doing the math on how many units, 10,000 times 120 bucks or whatever, not taking into consideration the other 50 titles and all that. Okay. But you got to look at it this way. I can flip you fifty grand for the three, right? Fifty dollars is better than you get z- getting zero on the uh, pirate the pirate market. Right?
0: He, if Sega offered Vic a 20 pack of Taco Bell hard shell tacos, he should have taken it. Like, not even 50 grand, right?
1: Yeah, I said, I'll he's, make it he's, up. Yeah, he's I said 15, making 15, nothing, 15 grand. He's making
0: nothing off of these games.
1: That's what I mean.
0: He's making nothing. That's what I mean. Anything Sega offered him is more than he is making off of those translations right now and I'm gonna yeah I'm
1: how gonna say many it.
0: chances do you think are gonna come in the future for him to get okay. money from those translations
1: I just did now this doesn't take into consideration manufacturing uh, you know package you know That's the right.
0: deal no no but I'm, I'm saying it's like if,
1: it's like it if, could be 50,
0: it could be fifty thousand it could be 500 bucks
1: let's let's make believe my number correct 10 I'm gonna say ten thousand of these are printed mm-hmm at 100 bucks a piece not even taking into consideration the shipping right that's a million bucks flat i you know 50 grand i don't you know flipping him 50k for that to get those in. it's an instant sellout and he gets he's up 50 grand i if okay let me ask you that if we did that rough math right now and you were the one in control and i offered you 50 grand or let's say let's say like 65 and get get it down to 50 after taxes Would you take it? Of course.
0: Because you have to think about the fact that, like, we're not even talking about rights to the games. Right. We're talking about the rights to the translations of those games.
1: Can I throw you a curveball, then? Let's say this project, the Genesis Mini 2, is in dev for two years, okay? And I know this is so crazy. Could... Would it have been legal for them? Could have they taken those titles and got them professionally retranslated? Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Because, I
0: mean, because, cause, uh, was it now, Gung Ho owns the rights to game art stuff, I think. So, well, I, Oh,
1: I would have totally...
0: Yeah, they own the games. I, 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 think it, to- I think it was a case of, like... And it might have been the case of where Sega was just like... Sure. We we talked... Said we talked Vic, you know... Fix some cash. He's gonna give it to us, and maybe maybe they didn't really think about it, um, you know. And and then he's like, "No, I want more," and they're like, "Well, we weren't expecting that, so let's just not do anything." So, I think, and and it could just be like you know, Sega just didn't think it was worth it, to be honest. Which I can't, I can't like. See now, and here's here's, ca- here's
1: ca- the ca- <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the what's the term? The catch twenty mm-hmm. two. I agree on one end, it may not have been worth like I get it from a suit perspective. Why are we spending fifty grand to get these games on here in this old on this you know this uh emulation box? But if you needed a slam dunk guarantee that these were gonna sell right out, that would have done it right there.
0: Yeah, I, I...
1: I Let think, me ask you this: I, I think if, if Snatcher, Snatcher if Snatcher, Flying Squadron, and I'm sure I don't know how big, you know, even if you're not that big of a Lunar fan, but if both Lunars, Snatcher and Squadron were on there, would have you, would you, pre- well, and I know you do have the 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 SG, yeah. but would have you done it?
0: No, not not not. There's there's nothing game wise they could add to this that would make me order it. Just because what, the, re- the reality of the situation is, I've got plenty of ways to play anything I want to play. What
1: if you way. didn't? I'll take. What if you didn't have your uh, okay? Mega if, ish-
0: okay, if, if I if I didn't, um, with with could those two games have been the trigger? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Would would Lunar have been? No.
1: Okay, but Flying Squadron and Snatcher. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I, I think I think in terms of like. I can't blame Sega for not getting... not wanting to put the to the money behind getting the Lunar Games retranslated. translated uh, While at the same time, I can blame Konami for not getting Snatcher translated on the Turbo 16 Mini. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I think, was a far more important game that they screwed up by not doing that. Like, I can't... You know, the... Because the problem, too, the problem, too, here, Anthony, is... If Sega's gonna pay for translations, I would much rather have had them pay to translate the the Shin Megami Tensei game. Okay,
2: so it's yeah, like, so I like
0: mean, a CD game. right, you know, or, or what, what is it? It's not, is it Shin or? or?
1: Yeah, uh, S- SMT. Yeah.
0: Um, like, like that. That actively, like. Them translating a few of the games that the, the Mega Drive Mini 2 got that we're not getting, that had never gotten translations, like, that would have been a big deal. I, I, I would also say, and again, this could be a rights issue, um, one of the most surprising things for me is that we did not get uh, what is called over here Troubleshooter Vintage Battle Mania 2. Which which is, I which is I maybe, except for Tetris, I think that is the most expensive Mega Drive game there is.
1: And, and what is this again? How-
0: that's okay. the The game Troubleshooter that came out in America.
1: Oh, I, that's a sh- okay.
0: That this is I, the one. The, the one that's kind of like Dirty Pair, basically. I totally forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um. This this would be the sequel to it. So for example. I know this site has Battle Mania, was it Die Dai, God, was it, it's, it's, I don't remember, I don't remember the name. Um, I'll tell you the price here in a second, for example. Uh, Daiginjo. So, on this site, the, a copy of Battlemania Mania Daiginjo is going for $1,034.
1: What the hell?
0: So I said, I think I said, I think other than Tetris, I think that I think that is the most expensive Mega Drive game that exists. Mm. And I'm kind of shocked that Sega didn't try to get that on there because that's been expensive sent for like twenty years. (laughs) Like back when, because I can like I'll tell you like back when back when I was living over there. this was the era when, like, Dreamcast was starting to get, like, clearanced out in stores. Mm -hmm. The one game I remember being really hard to find and really expensive if you did for Dreamcast was uh, Twinkle Star Sprites.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. uh But
0: even back then, Battle Mania 2, Troubleshooter Vintage, was hard to find and expensive. And it's only got harder to find and more expensive. So, like, I'm shocked that Sega did not go for that. And if they had gotten that, that could have been on the American side, untranslated, and it would have been mostly fine. Who
1: uh, who developed that game? Who made it?
0: Was it Victor Tokai? Mmm. I just don't know, like, who owns the rights to this part.
1: Right. I, I say this, I, I'm, I'm I know you're talking about that but I'm looking at this list and I say this every time I see this game I need to make it clear every time. Alien Soldier.
2: Mhm.
1: Amazing looking tech showcase for The Genesis. Ha- have you played
0: it? I I I've I i I'm, I'm not and trying to make you
1: feel bad cuz you but you're, a you're far greater the gamer I am at this stage I've in never,
0: life. I've never I've never played yeah. it. To the level I should have
1: played. Not trying, not, not trying to make you feel bad, or do, do you remember any of when you played that game?
0: <laughs> I think the problem was no, it, um, it, the, the, no. I think the problem was that like I didn't really understand boss rushes back then,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so I I didn't understand why are you playing a boss rush.
1: What's our, uh, What's our email address for fan mail? Because I'm going to say what's our What is it? Uh,
0: I th- uh, l- 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 yeah,
1: because what I'm about to say is, and we'll get we'll get you the email. If, and you got to be honest. We're going to go on like the Japanese honor system. Is there anybody listening to this show that has uh, either? I think it was I can't even remember. It's like 23 or 26 bar, like levels. If there's anyone who's either gotten halfway through this game or beaten it, th- please write us because now now I've said this before. I sat down and watched this whole game through. Now, and not, not on YouTube. I have a digital version. Actually, I have it physical as well. The Japanese PS2 Gunstar Heroes box, the treasure box.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And going through the options one day, because I played, you know, I messed around with Alien Soldier, playing Gunstar Heroes, all that stuff. And then I was messing around with all the options. There's like hidden stuff on there. For those who don't know, this is kind of off topic. There's even a hidden version of Game Gear Gunstar Heroes on there, which is actually kind of amazing. And in going through cycling, you can watch a professional play. You can watch Alien Soldier be played through. And I sat and watched Alien Soldier play through. (laughs) And it was amazing, by the way. I keep saying that in terms of all the, the, the tricks and bells and whistles, and it looked great. I mean, there is. There's just no way. There's. There's no way. So I have. So anyway, I I throw that out there every time because I know I'm not some sort of completionist in 2022. There's so much stuff I have that's incomplete, but I was a big 8, 16-bit, 32-bit player, especially the 16-bit era, and and God dang, Alien Soldier is just. But. Anyway, that's on the list there. Uh
0: G V G P at morningproject dot com. It is in the show notes. So.
1: Okay. G V G P at morningproject.com. Please hit us up and let us know your feelings. So what's funny it, is
0: is right after your alien soldier there, um, I don't know how much you know about Atomic Runner, but that's actually in Japan, that's a two hundred plus game.
1: Money wise, like a yeah, two hundred
0: dollar plus game. Wow. Um, that That's... Uh, it's got a really weird name in, in Japan. But, like, it's uh, Chelnov, but... Oh, I've uh, like C-H-A-R... C-H-E-L-N-O-V.
1: Oh, you got me.
0: No, uh, but that's... So that's one of those... Like that uh, Crusader Senti...
1: Well, here's one. Here's I mean, another one. Resistance. I got This it, This won't be as long-winded. I have to say this every time I see this on the list, too. Nobody wants... Bonanza Brothers again. <laughs> Get that off the list. Yeah,
0: I think. um But is yeah, it kind of
1: surprising? Not that I care. Like, not that I personally want it. Or were you as a little bit surprised as me to see Clay Fighter on there? Clay Fighter is a, a bad, a bad pick. Like, it is a, it, it is a bad pick. Like, who cares? But was it, was that interplay? I think so. Yeah, I don't know how that made the list.
0: Um, I. I think I think Fatal Fury Two doesn't make sense to me.
1: Like, I, I'm with, So here's the thing. I put little no Okay. So here's how I feel about Fatal Fury Two. Fatal Fury Two, for what it was, as a Genesis port at the time. It's pretty damn good. If if you only had a Genesis. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: in 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 this day and age.
2: Yeah.
1: And it like. I mean, this this is this is only on here for like some sort of tech buff that remember. I mean, why is that on the list?
0: Would you would you would you do Sam's show over Fatal Fury too?
1: You know, maybe this will give me credibility. You know, do you know the first thing I think of every every time I think of Sam's show on Genesis? Hmm. The big sprites. I, I always think of the missing character. Yeah. No, I'm not fair. trying to be – I'm not trying to be – But here's the thing. To your yeah. question, to give you an answer, I mean, historically, for the Mega Drive, and here's the thing. I Here's the weird thing. I would probably play Fatal Fury 2 more than the original Sam show because of some of the – Like, this is such a weird, like okay, – wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Okay, go, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: But yeah, I would probably put Samurai Showdown on there first. Wait, wait.
0: W- world Heroes.
1: No. No. Uh, n-
0: I think I think I might no, put World Heroes. You know I, what? Think I, Let- I think I might put World Heroes above Sam Show.
1: Uh, for Genesis.
0: Yeah, just, oh, we're, I mean, just just, we're not
1: we're we're not talking in the annals of, of fighting. No, of course, of course not. No, um, God. no.
0: <laughs> God, no. <laughs> I, I I mean I mean I mean just because like if I'm picking if I'm because like man like Neo Geo ports not, at that point were slim picking this problem
1: yeah um, and it was what Takata uh, Takata did them all on the yeah
0: yeah and and so I think I think world heroes might because the problem uh. the problem I have with Sam Show m- much more beyond it doesn't have Earthquake is just you just sit there thinking and wishing it was <laughs> Sam Show too right Like like you can't you can't appreciate that game <laughs> at all anymore
2: because
0: <laughs> it's just—it's just—it's not Sam Show Two, and so like I think I think maybe World Heroes might be the best choice because there's not a lot of.
1: Now I will say this on a sidebar: the Neo, Geo, like the original Sam Show One on Neo Geo. Like if that's all that's around, I'd still play it. I'm just I'm just yeah. making oh, a yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah. making a blanket statement. Yeah. Sam Show One is still awesome, but I get what you're I get where you're coming from.
0: I mean, I think like King of the Monsters. That might have been interesting to have
1: on Do you know what? As stupid as this sounds, and I'm not a big fan of King and the Monsters, you know, of the choices we have on Genesis and for us to complain less, yeah, you know what? That quirky, obscure pick may have fit this list better. Yeah.
0: So I I think, like, like Populous is a little bit of a weird choice. Um,
1: That's another one. I could go off on a rant, but I'll stop. Now, go ahead. You want to hear greed? You want to hear greedy?
0: Hmm.
1: And I don't want to spoil anything because we probably wouldn't get to it for a while. But okay, so there's Space Harrier Two and Space Harrier with the new scaling, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I'm all for it. Which is a big deal. Which is okay. To be clear,
0: Um, what he's saying is they 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 not only remade Space Harrier Two to have Mm -hmm. actual proper scaling Mm -hmm. of all the objects in the game, but they've gone and also done which is this is. Amazing to me, um, they've done a proper Genesis port of the original of the original Space Harrier mm-hmm. that also has scaling. The, the the downside is it introduces a whole lot of sprite flickering.
1: <laughs> I'm all for that because there, actually, what we just talked about, there is one of the only things because I haven't decided. I guess I'll leave that question to the end for Molly. Well, she already answered it, but. I'm on the fence and the only reason I would even consider and I can't convince myself is because of what we just talked about there. the Space Harrier 1 and 2 uniqueness now I'm going to sound like I'm a spoiled brat if they were going back correcting that one of the more unique titles on here that never was fully realized and I only know more about this now by way of YouTube videos and historical videos Outrunners
2: mm.
1: Because correct me if I'm wrong, that Outrunners was a 32-bit Superscalar title. Because wait, there's a Superscalar hardware. But that was on their 32-bit, their final scaling hardware. Was that
0: the same one that had Planet Harriers?
1: No, you're way ahead. That's no. Okay, okay. Okay. This is, this would be, okay. Timeline-wise, if, I, if I'm correct... The hardware this would have been on would have been right before Saturn era. So Model 1 might have existed, but this was their last scaling hardware. Because Outrunners, yeah, that's the one with the ha- much higher – there's a lot more going on with a bunch of different cars, right? Like all <clears> the <throat> choices. Am I thinking of the right one?
0: Yeah. No no, 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 wait, wait. Just to be clear, you're not thinking of uh, Power Drifter, are you?
1: No, absolutely okay. not. No, because that was... No, I, fir- I would have loved...
0: Yeah, that no,
1: that's on that. the 3DS. We got the correct version on 3DS. No, the... Yeah, so I believe I I'm, fi- I'm pretty confident Outrunners was... It was lesser appreciated, I think, because of the time in arcades, but it's actually a, f- a pretty excellent racing title before, you know, the advent of all the 3D and texture maps. My long-winded point on this is for them going back and modifying certain games or games that should have gone help, OutRun and OutRunners, which is far more advanced, should oh, right, have got right. that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because the problem is I've, I've literally only played this once in my life, the arcade uh, version.
1: I've yeah.
0: never played Genesis version. I've only played it once ever on the, in the arcades. So I, I Like, OutRunners is pretty foreign to me, but yeah, looking at it now, I'm, I'm remembering. Like,
1: the, if if the, yeah. the, these two titles, if they were... Should have gotten that same love as well because Outrun didn't have the proper. Now, look, when I was a kid or all that, I you know, I really didn't understand that, or, or you know, when you're 12, but I mean, yeah, you can see it now,
0: yeah. Um, but so, okay, real quick, uh, so let me get close to finishing this, but um, like, plus side, there's some really crazy games on here. Mm -hmm. you know we already mentioned crusader senti and alien soldier but there's like uh granada is 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 a really interesting choice that's
1: yeah that's top down 2d was that wolf team or tech yeah uh, yeah Yeah. Uh um
0: herzog's fine light lightning force i hate that name um they're they were they're very smart very logical great choices they were picks that like you didn't necessarily hold your breath for Sega to put them on here, but you'd like they should. But then we get stuff like Midnight Resistance.
1: Uh, I, I was surprised. I used to own that, and I remember kind of liking it. But I was shocked to see that on Amazing
0: here. Amazing first stage music. Um, Rolling <laughs> Thunder Two, which is absolutely fantastic. Okay. Amazing game. I, I still have my copy. Re- of that, that good? Game. Huh. Um, spider house 2 which i think is pretty pretty pricey now streets rage 3 which is pretty pricey now um mm-hmm. but then we got of course truxton which which is is a great pick and freaking war song rich let me get this right because i always get this wrong on which one this is was it langrisser because mm. i always get langrisser yeah langrisser um I oh, you take
1: a regular Lotus War?
0: No, I always get Langrisser and then uh, Growlancer uh, mixed up. Yeah, this uh, this was this was uh, I I don't know if it's the first Langrisser, but it was it was basically one of those kind of like tactical strategy games. Um, so there there's some fantastic choices. I'm I'm really mad that Japan gets Romance of Three Kingdoms 3 you on Mega CD. I'm
1: assuming you're joking. No, I'm absolutely hundred percent serious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love I love those I
2: no, historical sims.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, because um, Japan gets *Romance of Three Games three on Sega CD on Mega CD. Right. There was never an English version of that Mega CD version. Mm. But we had the freaking cartridge version. It's like, why did we not get that on oh, cartridge? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. You do, Yeah, you mentioned that in your write up.
0: Yeah, like that's ridiculous. Um, you know the the Sega CD games, Final Fights. A nice inclusion.
1: So so that's a weird one. Now, that is definitely a home run and, that's <clears throat> and I only know this later in life because at the time, let me tell you, it goes back to the whole thing we talked about earlier, kind of bringing it back around. When, when generations switched, you weren't really thinking of the past. You wanted to get rid of it, whether it be for money. No one's thinking about the collection 30 years down the road. <clears throat> now, because of that, by the time this hit out on Sega CD, I, I was beyond this. But in hindsight... You know, while a day late and a dollar short, Final Fight CD is a pretty amazing version at home. Uh, it's
0: fantastic. Like, I mean, it was that was, I mean, we had to have the Sega CD to do it, but that was one of those things where like, it, it was the one-two punch, right? Because mm-hmm. Genesis versus Nintendo, right? And then right. Final Fight comes out, and it's like, why is the character missing? Why is it only one player? Mm-hmm. And then boom, Genesis gets Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage Two, and we're like, you know, screw your Final Fight, we can do it better. And then, Sega also did Final Fight better. Like, right. Clearly, the best version, home version of Final Fight at that point.
1: Excluding you, x sixty eight thousand computer owners mm-hmm. at home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now,
0: Night uh, um, <laughs> Night N- N- Strikers is an interesting Japanese game that got here.
1: You know, that one is one of those ones that I'm like, you know what, I that interests me.
0: The Ninja Warriors is rough because. Let's be honest at this point. Like Ninja Warriors again on Super Nintendo is yes. what you want to play. You don't want to play. The yeah. Nintendo
1: oh, the, the new, Do you have, the, you have the? new one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I used to own the, the Super Famicom game. I used to. The, own the original
1: game. SNES, the Super Famicom one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, who the who, 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 who the f put Sewer Shark on here? <laughs> look! Look! Night Trap.
1: But I'll tell you what.
0: Look, I I I know why Night Trap is on here. It's not worth playing. But I know. Sewer
1: why. Shark is trash, and this is coming from someone who hasn't played it. But I've played Night Trap, <laughs> and I can tell you, Night Trap is worse.
0: I, I, I literally heard somebody recently say that. Yeah, out of those who they'd rather play Sewer Shark.
1: Night yeah. Trap is. I have to get. I'll give a shout out. I haven't done it in a long time. Shout out to Neil. He was right again. I mean. It's 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 like a it's like a negative ten out of ten.
0: <laughs> I say it's awful, but I know why it's here.
1: Uh, Suicide correct. Suicide because it's is awful, it's and correct. I
0: don't know why it's here.
1: Yeah. Um, now, one that I really like, but here's the weird thing: now, I'm getting personal, I'm not speaking for the masses. Now, because I have the the PC Engine Mini, and while it's not the same iteration, it's a different entry in the series. See. There's Robo Alest on here, and I love Robo yeah. Alest. I rented that, yeah. but I have that other version. Uh, you see, you see what I mean? There's a lot right. of crisscross. Yeah. Um, but Robo Alest, that's a big thumbs up. Uh,
0: Echo, Echo, the Echo and Echo Two on Sega CD. This is one of those things where like, part of me prefers the original, but part of me is like, it's. Spencer F. Nielsen doing the music for the Sega CD version. Who did the music for the American version of Sonic CD? And I love his Oh, really? Sega CD music. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now is um, this <coughs> splitting hairs, and I only know this from Sega Lord X because I, I, I this was not in my memory until recently. The Echo the Dolphin. So we got Echo and then Echo Two on cartridge, and then Japan did not get either of those but what wound up happening is they got a Sega CD or Mega CD version with both on there no uh, am I wrong
0: I think I think you're wrong because I was literally just today trying to decide if I wanted to buy the Mega Drive version of Echo
1: well then I need to apologize to Sega Lord X if I'm remembering what he I said think wrong. I
0: think what you're saying is I don't think they got the Sega CD versions. And what ended up happening is they got a combo pack that had both games together
1: on the disc.
0: I think that's how it worked.
1: Ooh, no, I well, it had CG and stuff too. I thought I, I saw it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that the, the,
1: the, the. But the mute. But they didn't get the soundtrack.
0: No, they, 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 they. Hmm. I I wonder because I don't know. Like I don't know if.
1: I thought so they Spencer got Spencer
0: Nielsen's music for the Japanese Boy, I'm yeah. going to look right now because yeah. I swear I was just looking today okay so here's here's Echo the Dolphin 2 on Mega Drive cartridge okay and okay uh, then there's Echo the Dolphin on Mega Drive cartridge
1: okay that was at Euro
0: no this, this, this is Japanese then
1: I, then I must be drunk
0: but for the mega cd they did not get the games individually i think cuz i know what you're saying cuz i literally watched that same video recently and i i want to say what happened was that they didn't get the games separately
1: yeah I, it was uh, whatever it was was both on the disc let me see. but I, i'm now
0: because Where's the release dates so mega mega drive came out July thirtieth, nineteen ninety-three, for the cartridge version. Said so I. I think what it was was that they didn't. They didn't get the separate CD so, version.
1: So let me ask you this: over so reverse off the Japan topic. So did we in the United States? Did we get both echoes separately as two separate CD releases?
0: Yes, because I literally wow. have them right I, on my I, shelf.
1: I don't. I don't even. I don't even remember that. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah, cuz cuz I I screwed up cuz and I, I wish I wouldn't have done this because I like I had that stupid Sega CD disc that had like Golden Axe and Streets of Rage and Columns and one of the, one of the super, oh, uh Revenge of Shinobi on it. And I was like, well I have this disc now so I can just sell all those cartridges.
1: What, never... what 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 disc was that? I totally missed it. Which one was that?
0: So when I bought my Sega CD, it yeah. came with Sherlock Holmes.
1: Oh yes, yes, I know the original it came four with one pack. Soul, yes. soul Feast, yeah.
0: And then it came with a disc that had basically four. I, I, cards I played on
1: the it. hell out of that disc. Yeah, it was Revenge of Shinobi, columns, but, Golden Axe, and Sor. Uh, yeah, one. yeah.
0: And so I, yeah. stupid, I stupidly sold um, those cartridges. I I yeah,
1: but you know, call. I did the same. But we did the same thing because yeah. of the because of the time. Yeah, it's it's just it just. N-
0: Back then, it was like, cool, this, this makes sense to me,
1: um, right? 100%. Now
0: it, but now it's like, i gotta, I got to get that stupid Sega CD hooked up and everything. 100%. And it's just like, I don't want to do it. Okay, okay, here, here. An enhanced Sega CD version that features new and redesigned levels in an alternate Red Book audio soundtrack um, composed by Spencer Nielsen was also released. In Japan, the Sega CD version was only released in a compilation along with Echo, the Tide of the Time, titled Echo the Dolphin CD. So yes, the thing about Japan was they they didn't get the first game on Mega CD okay. until the second game came out, and then it came out as a, a bundled together so singular that's release.
1: M- that's my fault. How I misinterpreted it was I thought they didn't get the cartridge games but then got them both yeah. on CD, but yep. they got both CD titles wrapped in one package.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I, I think what it was was that they didn't get... Echo Dolphin CD until right. Part 2 came out on CD, and then got both. Um, and then finally, uh, there's previously we got two bonus games, this time we got uh, what, one, two, three, four, technically eight. Um, it's some really neat stuff. A couple of these are um, there's like four brand new ports, which is Fantasy Zone, which, yeah. oh my god, please stop...
1: Thank you. Th- that God game. bless you. Now, good I have board. to ask. What? When no, it
0: Fantasy Zone's fa- a good game, but. God, it God. is.
1: Uh, is this even yet a different port than the one that was on 3DS?
0: Uh. It would have
1: to be. God. Uh, Stop.
0: I, I don't. <laughs> like. like look, got. Like look. I know. Opa Opa, everything. It's a neat shooter, but just. God. Quit giving me us this game. Over and over again. Um. Spatter, which is which is a, a really interesting thing, and I think this was the one where it was like somebody at M two a couple years ago just ported it for fun,
2: hmm.
0: and then they decided to actually put it on here. Um, Star Mobile, which was previously unreleased. Um, this is what I'm really interested in: is Super Locomotive, which this is a Sega arcade game I've never played before, but it looks kind of neat. It's like you're a train running away from like other trains, Oof. and and then. This is an interesting... I don't completely understand it, but it's interesting, is... Um, Puyo Puyo Sun never existed on Genesis, and they've ported it to Genesis, but they've only ported the multiplayer Weird.
1: Section.
0: So it's called Weird. Versus Puyo Puyo Sun. Weird. Yeah. It's hmm. so all in all. All in all, I, I think that... Look, the the Sega CD part, it's... it's they could have done a lot better. They should have done better. But it's a great selection of, of cartridge games, and it's a really interesting selection of bonus games. So overall, it's it's it's, it's yeah, made.
1: it's certainly not bad. Uh, I'll make that very clear. We were really picking it apart. Certainly not a bad offering. It's just I don't know if there's enough there to justify yet another purchase.
0: I think like man, if 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 that. Space Harrier port had less flicker. That that for me might have been the trigger to saying to saying I would buy this just for one game. But,
2: hmm.
0: but it's it's I said it's I, I wish it wasn't as much of a pain in the butt to order as it is, because it's a really, really decent little system.
1: Well, let me know if things change at your at your work or if you're able to, uh, if you do wind up reviewing it, keep us and the, and the audience posted.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, with that said, so we've taken our trip through Japan, covered the Genesis Mini 2. Uh, right now we're at about the 90-minute mark here on GBGP52. I think we'll touch base on a couple other things. We're going to burn through these, baby. Before we wrap it up, so... Um, No, I I honestly don't think this will take long, even though this is a three-day event. Also, a few weeks ago, we just wrapped up for the first time since 2019 back in person in Vegas, Evo 2022. And uh, I wound up, you know, day one and day two, I didn't watch a whole lot, but day three for the top eights, I wound up, no joke, sitting in front of my TV about 10 hours. Some great, Uh,
0: great fights that day.
1: Man, I, I enjoyed, you know, the Tekken finals. Um uh King of Fighters, Street Fighter, all of that said, this is where we will blaze through. Well, finally, once again in 2022, it has gone from being in development, rumored in development, not talked about, uh 70% complete 20 years ago, whatever the whatever the case may be. Garrow two has been greenlit. lit. then for... to be clear,
0: to be clear Mark of the Wolves too.
1: Yeah, I think they were and you're correct, but I think they just didn't they just call it Garo 2 or did they call it Mark of the Wolves 2? I think you... they do. I've been batting zero. I, I, I think so they I'm they gonna... said,
0: I think they said a new Garo.
1: Okay. Um. Now can I can I be ignorant and stupid? I know my answer. I don't I don't even know why I'm going to ask you this. I don't even know why I'm going to ask you this. Do you think this latest Garou will be. hand drawn? No. I mean. <sighs> or will it utilize something like, uh, you know, like King of Fighters and Samurai Showdown have in the last three or four years?
0: 95% this is just going to be another 3D game like their current stuff. Um, you know, I mean, the new King of Fighters looks a lot better than the King of Fighters 14. It, it does. Yeah, so you know, it's not gonna look terrible. Do, um, the the five percent leeway I would give is we god I don't I don't think they would do uh, it. So but. I
1: went on I went on the number one resource for games earlier today. Wikipedia. <laughs> and okay, so we all remember we, we all know this story. Gar to Mark of the Wolves two is in development and it's been alleged that it was seventy percent mm-hmm. done, right? And we even saw in stuff like Retro Gamer and and Online a few years ago, you remember, even like the sprite sheet came out and all that. Okay. So we all agree, Garo 2, or whatever you want to call it, was in development on MVS, AES hardware at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously, it's not going to be that. But the reason I bring this up, and I know this is a waste of time, what I'm getting into, according to Wikipedia, and I completely forgot about this, around the time of when King of Fighters 12 and 13 came out, when those were using the new up-res sprites, everything Uh from scratch, I guess around, we'll say, that was 2009, so we'll say around, like, 2010, somewhere in there, it was rumored that a new Gero was in development, and they acknowledged that it would not be utilizing the sprites, you know, from the past, like on the Neo Geo hardware, but it would be doing something similar to the new technology they were doing at the time. So my question is, do you remember that, or could have they had a chunk of that done? And never, like, I th-
0: don't, and I, I can't imagine they had much because that thing is like, twelve and thirteen almost destroyed
1: SNK. Well, something. can you explain that to me? I'm stupid. What, what? Just
0: because of how long it took to make those sprites and how costly they were. Um, yeah, the, the the effort and money they were putting into those games like almost completely just bankrupted uh, SNK from my my understanding of it. Damn. And it was a case of like, not that they didn't want to keep making those games, as they couldn't if they wanted to survive. So the thing is, is if they had any of those characters done, like I think we would have mm. seen them in some way, either as DLC mm. or if they were done earlier, they would have been in in, in thirteen or mm. something like that. Um, my what I was gonna say was if. If this was SNK from ten years ago, I I could maybe see them saying, "Let's go back, let's finish those market those two sprites." Right. And yes, release yes. That
2: mm-hmm. I
0: think SNK as the company is today, like I just I just don't see them doing that mm. because it would it would you know it's like. Why, why does this game look so old and why are these characters so small and why are they so blocky, you know? They look like they're made Minecraft kind of thing, you know? So I, I think if, if they had that passion to kind of put it out there as a let's finally finish this game and, and release it, I could see it, but at this, at this point I can't see it. And I, mm. I don't know that I see any of these other character designs surviving, Hmm. I don't know, because just like some of these characters designs like aren't that interesting to me. And I think at this point, what I yeah you're,
1: would do, you're talking from the old sprite sheet. Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I I have to agree with you. I, I mean, it what, was a moment in time, and
0: what I what I would do if I'm making a, a Mark of the Wolves two at this point is I think I would continue with the idea of kind of letting characters that we've seen a lot in King of Fighters get redesigned and kind of. Progress, you know, in age and things like that, but then also bring back because, like, for example, um, there there's no my right. Like, how do you not have my in a a a, a Fatal Fury game at this point? I I think I think you bring in some of those characters who fans love and care about, but you reposition them a bit. Under the Fatal Fury style of game, and then the question too becomes: Do you bring back the kind of like multi multi layer stages?
1: Oh, you mean like the th- the, the? Oh, I, w- I know. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I got you now. I was. I know. What you're. I know what you mean. Yeah,
0: kind of like kind of like you know like there was, kind of was transitions
1: be t- between yeah. rounds and how things would drastically change. Oh, no
0: no no. I, I mean like how. Either it would be like two two planes where you could jump in the oh, background the f- and foreground. the sway
1: system or whatever?
0: Yeah. Or it would be the three planes where you'd be in like one plane that you could jump in the foreground and then jump back and then jump in the background. Okay,
1: but now this is funny because Gero didn't do that.
0: No, no. But I think I think at this point, I think you have to do something that um, makes it stand out from King of Fighters. Oh, right. And I think that if you're if you're saying this continuation of Fatal Fury, because the the exact image they released was um, uh, new Fatal Fury slash Garo greenlit. So they did not say Mark of the Wolves. Hmm. They did obviously show Rock Howard, who we got from Mark of the Wolves, but they didn't actually say anything about Mark of the Wolves. Because Garou is just, Garando Setsu is just the Japanese name for the oh, series. God.
1: Well, but every, okay, no, okay, you're right, yes. G- boy, I mean, we're really. I mean, when when they say Garou just like that.
0: No, I know, boy. I know. At this point, you think Mark of the Wolves. But I think the problem is, back then, what <laughs> separated Mark of the Wolves from well, like, the King of Fighters was that it was their more like Street Fighter Three game. It, right? Pro-
1: yes, yeah. It was
0: more, it was more boiled down to the essence of a fighting game it was higher animation correct it was that just a one-on-one correct you know and I I, I think at this point like just doing that again like are people going to care
1: well, uh, okay, so this shit, I didn't even think of it this way, so what you said, so now it completely changes my mindset. So, yeah, a lot of the stuff you're saying that I agree with, if if this Garo means, if we're going by the Japanese name, if this really means just a new Fatal Fury, yeah, then everything you've said. I, I was very kind of quiet there and not following you because I kept thinking new Mark of the Wolves. Right. That's but this like, is, do, do yeah. we get
0: Do we get a Mark of the Wolves 2 or, or do we get a game... That is half Mark of the Wolves two and half. Let's bring back older Fatal Fury ideas that would make this stand out from other fighting games.
2: Hmm.
1: I I don't know. I think um, you know. Usually I have a lot to say when it comes to these fighting games, and and I usually you know my my go-to line is always you know give it to Arc System works. I don't I don't feel that's the case <laughs> here, but. Um, speaking I, of Ark yeah. speaking
0: of arc, we got Bridget back uh, that's very <laughs> exciting for, for Guilty Gear Strive yeah
1: think, yeah that, that was pretty game. cool is that, that season pass 2? yes okay I don't have season pass 2 yet
0: I don't have the game I gotta get
1: the game you, you, I'll say two things since you don't have it not to get us off of gear we'll, we'll wrap up Evil real quick now super quick on um Guilty Gear I don't know what it is every time you start that game there's like a, it connects to the network and people can write in on this too and tell me if I'm stupid or it's just me but the amount of times that I have to click that box or whatever it's checking I never get into that game without it clicking it like 5 to 10 times mm-hmm. so I don't know what that's about I'm going to say something very odd Molly the latest Guilty Gear is a beautiful game Right, mm-hmm. and you and I are on this. Look, let me say this: Dragon Ball, which is like four or five years old now, Dragon Ball is still absolutely amazing. Yeah, because of that art style it captures, and the new Guilty Gear was like is shocking. I, I don't want I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. And you know I like stylish, over-the-top action from like Devil May Cry and Bayonet and Guilty Gear. That's all kind of my thing. The latest Guilty Gear might be too flashy for its own good.
0: Yeah, I can understand that.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. I but, mean, it,
0: it, that that's the same conversation coming up now about Street Fighter 6, right? Is,
1: I do, you know what, though? As of right now, and I could eat these words because, you know, these companies all find a way once the game is released and the cat's out of the bag, there's either a ton of DLC or stuff that they didn't tell us, and it's like, oh, psych, and we got your 60 bucks. As of right now, from what I can as of this moment, from what they're showing, I am very excited for Street Fighter Six.
0: Oh, I'm incredibly excited for Street Fighter Six.
1: I, you know, I'm very gun shy to say anything because you know how it is. These games come out and there's issues, uh, or they didn't tell us something. But uh, it it looks fantastic.
0: It, it I like. I really like Street Fighter V, right? And right. I know I know some people didn't. Some people had arguments about it. I really liked Street Fighter V. I liked the direction it was going for, like the characters, like the the art and everything, but man, like, you've just gotten, for me, like, everything about Street Fighter 6 so far just right. Right. And it looks so much fun, and it looks like it's got so much personality, like, mm-hmm. the, in- the intros and everything, and the, mm-hmm. the, the silly little face things, and, the, like, there's no character design so far that I don't like, and it's just, like, I'm, I'm incredibly excited for that game, and... I I'm I'm surprised at how willing I am at this point to just drop Street Fighter Five for that. Right. And I think a lot of people are, and I think it's gonna get a lot of new players or returning players again. So uh you know, in Kimberly and Jury both look awesome. So yeah, it's it's I am legitimately excited for that
1: game. Yeah, it looks it looks fantastic and I don't know if anyone else notices too. Kimberly in some ways reminds me a little bit of WWE's Bianca Belair
0: Ah, uh, yeah. And but. then mixed with a uh, guy. Uh, okay, okay, I'm about to ruin ruin your day here, um, Anthony. <laughs> Speaking of Fatal Fury, mm-hmm. there's a character in that game that uh, carries a long red stick. Uh, yes. And he's associated with England. Yes. Sometimes he's wearing a suit. Yep. Sometimes he's wearing uh, uh, overalls.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? What is his name?
1: Billy Kane.
0: It is Billy Khan. What? It is not Kane. (laughs) I've gone my entire life thinking it was Billy Kane. It's oh come on!
1: Why are you saying that?
0: It's because I'm looking at the Japanese pronunciation right now. It's Bd Khan. It is Khan, not Kane. (sighs) We have been wrong forever. My life is a lie.
1: Now, the, before we wrap up the Evo uh, topic, we talked about SF6 uh, Garou. Did you see that showcase? I mean, it was long for uh, the new Tekken, Tekken 8.
0: <laughs> I I almost couldn't sit through it. It was going on and going on and going on. And I'm like, God, stop showing me Tekken 8 already.
1: What did you – okay, did you watch it? Did you watch the unveil when it was live, all jokes aside?
0: Oh, yeah, I I did. I did. Okay.
1: No, look, um, I think it's going to look great. They, they, you know, for Tekken fans, what they did with Tekken 7 was great, okay? I don't have anything bad to say. What did you think of the -the over-the-top nature after that, like, five – yeah, you know what I'm talking you already know what I'm gonna say I know what you're gonna say yeah what I- and I don't have a um when I say all those guys are great, I actually met a couple in person. it's been about ten years, but like to, not again I'm not putting the people down, but like the re- how they acted in that the by the booth or whatever and like jumping up and down and and I don't know
0: the problem is in this era like with with the the hyper exaggerated YouTube reactions. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard at this point to tell like, you know, there are I, I think I think the problem is there are some people who genuinely get excited even about like small teases like that, right? Right. And everything we see on YouTube can can subconsciously make you over exaggerate those reactions. Right. You know? Because I've even felt it, like I, I've, I've, I've watched, like I'm not a huge, huge reaction watcher, but I've watched enough where I'm like, man, am I not reacting enough to stuff I'm watching? Like, should I be getting more excited about this? You know, <laughs> um, but then there are also people who are like just totally fake. And the problem was, and not being a Tekken person, like I was, it was it Tasty Steve or, or I'm trying to think of who was who was. Up there. I, I honestly don't know the names Mm of the people who i i know them by sight but i don't know their names right um and so i don't know if those were legitimate reactions but it felt it felt very fake to me especially mm -hmm. when like harada and um white white guy translator who i've met numerous times and cannot i know yeah i
1: know exactly yes, yes even i've seen him once yes yeah
0: um like they came in, they're like, oh my god, oh, you know, like Joey styles it up, you know. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, it felt like super fake can, to
1: me. I can totally see if you're a Tekken fan and it, just to even see the logo, I can totally see getting it. Now excited. here's
0: the thing, right? Like but, like if if that tease was okay, it wouldn't work as well now because we've gotten the tease before, but mm-hmm. if that tease was like dark stalkers, right? If that tease was, um, I mean, it, it kind of... This it, is
1: Rival Schools.
0: Hmm?
1: Oh, I said Rival Schools.
0: Yeah, maybe Rival Schools. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm, I'm um, digging a bit there, but yeah, something we haven't seen.
0: In, yeah, or, or like, <clears throat> if that tease was like, Street Fighter Six is, is showing off their first DLC character, and it's like Skullomania, right? Right. Like... There's, there's situations in which that tease that we were shown could 100% have worked. But, I mean, Mother, mother efforts Tekken A is going to come, right, at some point. <laughs> yeah, of course it's going to come. I mean, unless that series is done so badly that we're never getting Tekken again, right? Or, or, okay, if that tease had been Tekken versus Street Fighter, finally.
1: Right. Right? Yes. You could have done that
0: reaction. But the reaction yes. to, guess what? The eighth chapter of Tekken is coming. Like you can't, you can't do that. It has to be a character nobody was expecting. Like uh-huh. to me, that Bridget was reveal because it's been what, like sixteen years since we've had Bridget.
1: I can't believe. Stop it! It had. I can't believe that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so like Bridget coming back, that was a legitimate like oh shit reveal. But Tekken eight coming was not an oh shit reveal. No offense to any Tekken
1: fans. <clears throat> and I'm lo- by the way, I'm looking yeah. forward to it, but <clears throat> yeah, I thought it was uh, – I was like, wow, that reaction was uh, yeah. something else.
0: Yeah.
1: All of that said, wrapping up uh, pretty much on this. Well, while this, while this is going to start off sounding very dry, this, there's a lot more layers to this than one may think. Embracer Group acquiring even more properties and companies. What is going on?
0: I've I've seen people um, speculate that this guy is buying a bunch of groups just to sell them later. That like he might not actually have because it's like the guy who owned a bracer group or whatever whatever it is however it works. Um, he might not actually have interest in running all these companies and owning all these companies. They might be buying them to try to boost up their their value and then sell them. But yeah, it's it's crazy. They have a lot of companies and they're they're like limited run games now is underneath them, you know? It, it, which, which. to sidetrack just for one second, it's kind of to me, that was kind of to me like hearing Crunchyroll bought, uh, write stuff. You know?
1: Oh, yeah, yes. It's like,
0: what? And why? And what? And why? But, um, yeah, so Razor Group bought, bought a couple handful of, of companies, some weird, some like, run games were like, they seem to be wanting to get more into that retro stuff and the kind of um not collecting aspect but just the kind of like bringing back games and making them collectors items and stuff like that and they, cause they talked a lot about like the the engine they were getting to to help bring some of these old games back and things like that so oh really yeah
1: i wonder how i wonder how much uh I wonder how much they had to plunk down for a limited run. That had to be a pretty penny at this point, Kurt, wouldn't you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, because it's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like... It's it's like you're buying them when they were first starting and they were a much smaller company.
1: You got it, yeah. Uh, you, you're right on the money. No pun intended. And then they just opened up that store, too, didn't they? The one or yeah. two stores?
0: Yeah. Hmm. And I, I think the biggest thing for us is that... Um, they acquired the Japanese studio Tatsujin, which Tatsujin is the Japanese name for Truxton, and mm-hmm. this is the company, and I'm not exactly certain, I don't know if this was somebody who used to work at to Taoplan, um, and uh, now owns the rights to all their games, or if he Bought the rights to all their games at some point. I don't. I don't know the exact of how this works, but basically, this company owns the rights to all of Toaplan's games, including my beloved Twin Cobra. And so now, <laughs> Embracer Group owns all these. And as, as uh, Anthony and I were talking about, the question now is, you know, M2's been came out. M2 came out previously and said we're going to re-release all of Toaplan's games. Right. And do these these crazy. Intricate collections for them, and we've gotten two so far. And so now, like, do those keep coming? Are they going to still work on those? Because Embracer Group announced that they're going to bring all of Toa Plan's games to PC, which M2 doesn't do, but they have not announced anything for consoles. So I kind of hope that M2 can still do their stuff.
1: Oh, I I do too. I agree. Yeah, because I keep looking out for those. And there's, I'm hoping Truckson is coming. And uh, what is it, that Batsu gun? Yeah. I'm holding my breath on that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so
0: we'll
1: see. Well, I'll say this uh, at the two hour mark. want to thank you, fans, once again. We started the summer with GVGP. We're winding down the summer. Uh, as we come back for GVGP 53, if you can believe it, we will be entering the holiday season. Fall is upon us. All of the big game releases. So uh, there will definitely be new content, new stuff to talk about. And uh, with that, uh, real quick, don't forget to check out egmnow.com. You can find Molly on Twitter at M-O-L-L-I-P-E-N. That's Molly Penn. Uh, you can find myself at 24 bit AJE, but I probably suggest you don't as it's a lot of Japanese wrestling and uh, uh, Japanese art retweets. So um, uh, with that said, I want to thank all you fans for hanging in there, hitting that download button. And uh, interacting with us when you can So on behalf of Molly And myself, Anthony Thank you once again And we'll catch you next time
2: The town inside me And everyone's voice Only I'm not there Just watching from afar I can't go home Because I'm afraid Something will change it's Me without me I'm the one to blame. I moved on by my own will. I had nothing else I wanted to do. Was it hard, but I didn't hate it? I did not even like it. I've been patient, but it was bearable. I've had the great haste for a long time with the I never found out what it was I had it's my stress that's for sure I never wanted to run away I was very motivated Then what is this feeling? Who would I ask? I've been patient, but it was bearable I've had a great haze for a long time ago I never found out what it was I taste like vegetables I don't like the now it's ideal. And everyone's voice Only I'm not there Just watching from afar I can go home Cause I'm afraid Something will change be without me I'm the one to blame I'm not waiting I already have the gift, just can't open oh, the box. I know all about it, no one can solve it. Unless I decide to do something about it, it's not even a case. I've been patient, but it was terrible. I've had the gray haze for a long time though. I never found out what it was. I I hate the alarm clock I chose. The town is like me, and there are one more. The great